Welcome to Tune In Tuesday with Christine Tadop, founder of Upvisor. I'm passionate about helping people understand their purpose and unlock the meaning in their lives through business. This podcast is all about tuning in with fellow entrepreneurs and understanding how they have discovered their purpose, but more importantly, how they live out their purpose every day. Okay, we are here with um, Tanya van Avata, who is a clinical psychologist, and she has honored us with her presence um, as we are launching our podcast for the very first time. So, um, Tanya, please, would you introduce yourself the way that you would like to be introduced? Thank you so much, Christine. It's great being here with you. Um, I am originally born and bred in Port Elizabeth. I was schooled there and I studied there and I said, I don't want to die there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I did my community service in Northern KZN, which is where I met my husband. He swept me off to Cape Town, where we spent four years while he was studying, and then the south of Johannesburg, where we are now in Henley on Clip. So I pride myself in the fact that I have voted in four provinces and that I have car license plates in, from four provinces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but jokes aside, I think one of the things that I love about my name is my Zim friends once gave me a Shona name called Tanya Ratswa, which means one who comforts. And I think that is the essence of what I do. Wow, that's amazing. I think I'm like completely on the opposite end of you in that if I had to be anywhere in South Africa, I think PE is the right place to be. <laughs> I love the small town vibe. You don't have to drive 45 minutes to get everywhere. Um, so, yeah, it's been <laughs> Welcome it's been to nice. Joburg. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tanya, how did you come um, to where you are in business today? So you're a psychologist, but what has been the journey um, to arrive at this? At this point, why did you decide to start your own clinic or your own practice? Um, yeah, tell us mm. more. So I always knew that I wanted to be able to work from home so that I can be available for my family. Um, At least that's what I realized when I decided I can't become a ballerina. So all my life plans were spoiled that day. (laughs) But um, from the day that I decided I want to become a psychologist, I had a 10-year plan, which meant getting the best possible grades at school, getting into university, studying psychology, getting into master's. I had it all planned out. And after seven years of studying, I had completed my community service. I was stumped. I had finished everything and my tenure plan was complete. So now what? Um, I think university sometimes teaches you just enough to make you dangerous. Mm. So I felt really lost at that point in time. When we moved to Cape Town, I got a post as a research assistant in the psychiatry department at Stellenbosch University. And I'm really grateful for that post because it's um, helped me to connect with the Cape Town community, but also broaden my scope a lot um, in terms of what is available, what you can do, what I, kind of what I can't do, have to learn those things. And um, was I, I met a lot of very interesting people with great minds at the top of their fields. Um, it was an incredible experience. Um, Plus, the great thing was while I was working there for a salary, I could start building my practice part time um, without the financial risk of going all in. Um, So after pregnancy, I went um, into private practice exclusively. I won't say full time because I was very invested in my mom role. And shortly after his first birthday, we had a we survived party. Um, my, <laughs> husband, <laughs> my husband got a job offer here in Gauteng and we relocated, which meant I had to restart my practice. Fortunately, building it here was um, quite 
easy in comparison to Cape Town. Cape Town, I've got a lot of digital referrals, online referrals, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, it was very much based on word of mouth. I get still get some online referrals, but um, self referrals, but a lot of it is from people. So. Mm-hmm some events that I had at the beginning that was so helpful in building my network um, was I had a ladies tea where I invited community leaders to a tea, um, a free tea. I was like, come and get free things tea. (laughs) And I um, collaborated with other small businesses in the area. I just put a post on Facebook in this community chats and said, are there any business owners who'd be keen on marketing their goods? Mm. And, um, through together and I still collaborate with a, a number of people from that event today um, so that was very influential felt a bit like hard work for nothing at the time but <laughs> I'm reaping the rewards now yeah. and then long-term plan right exactly and then with a few of those ladies we started the Midvale Entrepreneur Network mm-hmm. which has definitely helped to strengthen our relationships and generate referrals for one another so it's a year later and we trust each other and, you know, I can easily refer um, people for, to their services, etc. And they the same with me. And then there was one other contact that was significant at a rehabilitation hospital. I never thought I would work in rehab, but she, we gelled and um, she gives me quality referrals and we work so well together. Um, not everything was good though. Like there were a lot of things that did not go as well as I had hoped. Mm-hmm. I thought they were wonderful ideas and still do, <laughs> but uh, the market doesn't always agree. They don't right. always agree, right? And most of them were um, workshop type things. Mm-hmm. I love doing groups, and think it's a very um, easy way to access psychology for cheaply. But yeah, apparently people prefer paying a whole lot more and then <laughs> complain about it too. Oh uh, no. <laughs> Okay. Sounds like you've had quite a long journey to actually arrive at the point where where you feel like you're fulfilled in your business and where you are reaching the people that you are hoping to reach. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's true for many businesses. We start out with an idea out of obligation almost in a sense because we need the financial input or um we're just trying to, you know, trying to make ends meet in a lot of ways. And we try and use the skills that we have to to create some sort of business, but not necessarily something that we are always passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I think um, you've, you've walked out that journey in terms of thinking this is what you want to be doing, but then you were saying you got stumped at a certain point, not actually sure what comes next. Um, so how have you reconciled? that position that you were in at that stage to where you are today and feeling that you are actually fulfilling a specific purpose in your business. I was saying to a colleague of mine this morning that um, for the first time in my private practice career, which is now, what, three years long, four or five if you can include the part-time part, (laughs) um, for the first time I feel like I can refer patients on that are not a good fit for me Mm. where previously I was very much like I can't send anybody away because what if I don't get money Um, and having reached a point where I'm secure in this is the service I provide Mm. it's okay to not be good at everything um, and it's okay to say no I don't want to work with this 
obviously need to phrase it a bit better than that. <laughs> to to um, it has been so freeing. Mm-hmm. It's also scary at times. Yeah, so I've made peace with the fact that my purpose is to um, equip everyday people with evidence-based psychological tools and skills to become their own therapists. I really don't know why I'm trying to work myself out of a job. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm so passionate about that. So I really want to empower people with sound um, information and tools that they can Mm. use as opposed to just lying on the couch and you need to come for 10 years. And even in the skills-based approach, I have a lot of um, long-term clients who have been with me for a few years because they... The tools that they use, they sometimes get stuck and just need help reapplying it to a different context. Mm. Um, and that relationship that we have built up over time is really invaluable. Absolutely. Mm. So, um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Like, as much as we want to um, have continuing clients and continuous income by needing them to come back to us, I think it is important for us. Um, as entrepreneurs, as small business owners, to be equipping our clients. Um, And I'm in the training space as well, so I completely agree with that. I think we need to uplift our communities. We need to enable each person that we teach to pass on that information as well. And good information, not like Google says this information. Yes. (laughs) There's a lot of weird things out there. Absolutely. Just because it's free doesn't mean that it's good information, right? Absolutely. No, that's very cool. Okay, so um, what would you say has been your biggest challenge in aligning to your purpose? Um, Maybe you touched on it already in terms of wanting to hold on to clients because you you need the income. Um, But but how have you overcome some of those challenges? Hmm. So I think money has obviously been a big factor in terms of I want money but also Mm. people are not always willing to part with their money but they do need help Um, or they don't have money to part with which has also been a massive challenge for me so one of the ways that I've overcome that is by starting a monthly community talk Mm -hmm. um, which is to an opportunity for the community to engage with a psychologist on a topic that um is quite general like for example ADHD or anxiety or goal setting and um, to give them some tools and hopefully to point them on in the right direction Mm -hmm. maybe they don't need a psychologist maybe they need a coach or they need a doctor or a psychiatrist or whatever so to be able to help them just know what their next step is it can be Mm -hmm. so overwhelming when you're facing a problem so anyways to come back to the point about money to say this is the way that I give back and this is the resource that's available to people who mm. are not willing to part with their money it's, um, and and then to make peace of the fact that this is who I am and I can take myself seriously and mm. take my services seriously. That has been a long journey yeah. because if you, I feel like helping people, you shouldn't be charging for that. That's just <laughs> common humanity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then the um, the other thing that has been a challenge for me is um, ignorance and sometimes even persecution um, in the sense that psychology isn't real or, um, you know, it's, if you just read your Bible, pray every day, everything will be fine. So in this more um, country setting, it's very blood the land, um, there's still a lot of old stigma and old, mm. old school thinking at times that I, that I need to work 
with yeah. for against <laughs> and um, that has also been a big challenge so I again I just go back to my community talks as a means to give people good information mm -hmm. and also I started a social media campaign um, that takes a topic and um, a topic a week and provides a short little blurb or a short little blog about it so that um, people in the area can hopefully start following me and seeing this is what it's about mm. if you come to a psychologist you're not crazy yes <laughs> you're gonna be okay yes <laughs> absolutely and we've spoken previously about like normalizing a lot of these feelings that that we have mm. um i mean you touched on feeling insecure in terms of the products potentially that you um, and the services that you render and again i think that's a journey that a lot of people have to walk out having to realize that the the skill and the experience that I bring to the table is actually worth paying for. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've also walked a journey with that, and I think it's it's an important challenge to be able to overcome. Mm. Um, I also just want to comment on the, the monthly workshops that you do. Um, I attended the one on Monday about fear, overcoming your fears, and I thought that was it was such an interesting concept um the way that you are allowing people to access um just enough information that will allow them to actually apply that in their lives um but if they then need further input then you're available and i think that's that's a that's a way that a lot of people can generate more business potentially mm. you're giving back a little bit and the right people will then connect with you to be able to actually make use of your services. Absolutely. I, I heard about this, the term called pink spoon marketing that the ice cream vendors use. <laughs> yeah. So where you ask for a taster yes. and then they offer you a pink spoon with a, a taste of the chocolate ice cream okay. and the mint ice cream, etc. And in that way, it kind of you feel guilty now that you've tasted the ice cream, so you have to buy it. I so like it. <laughs> um, pink spoon marketing is a real good. thing. <laughs> Okay, awesome. Um, so how, how do you communicate your, your purpose, your values, your ethos to um, your customers, to your employees? Um, how do you incorporate that culture in, in your everyday? So I haven't mastered the employee part, <laughs> but the, um, the customer part, the purpose is something I share um, with new clients within the first 10 minutes of interaction with them while I go through the contractual formalities. Um, I tell them that they will be getting homework emails and the reason is because I want to make them their own therapist so mm -hmm. they have to go and practice the skills that they learn. And um, so I say it up front, but then also the... You know, after every session, you get a remind, you get an email with a follow up. You know, to say this is your homework, this is what you must mm, go do. Um, so in that way, it's constantly reinforcing. This is your journey. This is your responsibility. Awesome. You need to become your own therapist. Um, and I think that is quite a unique service that I offer. Mm. I've never heard of somebody else providing you with homework emails. Yeah, reminders sure. <laughs> so you don't forget it. Plus, the other nice thing about the homework email is that um, should they in ten years time encounter some difficulty they can go back to the material hopefully you don't delete the emails but you can go back to the material because now yeah. it's eternally available to you mm, that's awesome i like the con constant communication that you're both upfront and then consistently through your journey you are reinforcing that that's very important um so 
Tell me, um, do you believe in keeping work and personal life separate? I think um, work-life balance is such a... Um, lie. <laughs> yes, it's a lie. <laughs> it's a tender topic. And I think there has been a lot in, um, in the media about it. A lot of people have blogged about it. There's a lot of research about it. Um, what, do you, what do you think? So absolutely, keeping personal life and work separate is of ultimate importance. Working from home, the challenge is very real. Um, making supper during work hours and then catching up on client notes when everybody's sleeping. I don't know how balanced that is, mm-hmm. but it works. And um, the, I think one of the important things about um, work life, uh, separating business from personal is that I do not provide therapy to people I've had meals with and I do not have meals with people I've had therapy with. It's part of our ethical guidelines, etc. But it's also a helpful way for me to separate the two. Mm. Um, The other thing that um, I've put in place is that we don't work on weekends, we don't talk about work on the weekends, etc. Um, which wasn't possible at the beginning. Starting my practice, Saturday sessions, it's a prime slot, so yeah. you had to make that sacrifice. But um, I've reached a point now where it is just not worth it for me. Mm. The, the time that it's, um, the valuable time, that it's quality time, it steals from the family and time, absolutely. is mm. um, just not worth the price. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And I think we all need to rest, and if we we don't actually carve our time to do that and to do self-care, then you can't actually be productive in the workspace. So I think it's so important to switch off. I think, yeah, it's definitely easy for there to be an an overflow. Um, And I do believe to a certain degree our our purpose in work should should also reflect in our our personal lives. Like Mm. it should be congruent. But at the same time, you need to to separate the the work time versus the personal time because... Mm. There are different priorities, right? For different, sure. Different seasons. For sure. Um, okay, so what what quote inspires you to get out of bed <laughs> every day? <laughs> because sometimes as an entrepreneur, it's tough, right? We, we need some motivation. We sometimes need someone to drag us out of bed and just like give us a kick in the butt to, um, to get into action, you know, and to be productive. So... What inspires you? What helps you to beat the overwhelm? I haven't found something that helps me get out of bed apart from my <laughs> husband kicking me out. Okay. Um, but <laughs> the one thing that helps me with the overwhelm is um, what my therapist shared, said. She told me it's okay to have 13 things left on your to-do, to-do list, list at uh, the end uh, of the day. Yes. So it really helped with those feelings of worthlessness and self-doubt and like I'm not productive enough and I'm never going to get mm. there. It's helpful to know it's okay. Some things can wait till mm-hmm. tomorrow, the next day. Probably those 13 items have been there for the whole year anyway. So Probably. <laughs> not doing them today, it's going to be all right. For sure. Um, so take off what I can. And if I've got less than 13 things on the list, then I'm obviously doing something wrong. So <laughs> must at least be 13 things I'm not getting to. And that helps with the overwhelm. Okay. Yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah. The, the to-do list is never ending, right? There will always be more things to do. So we have Absolutely. to get to the point where we're okay with that. Absolutely. If you had one piece of advice from your experience as a small business owner building up your practice to aspiring entrepreneurs that would help them to make their business a success, what would it be? If it's not difficult, it's not worth it. Mm. 
don't allow difficulty to confuse um, confuse you and believe that what you're doing is wrong or bad or um, you know you're obviously doing something wrong mm. if it's difficult then that's just real life and that's business so suck it up and do it <laughs> put on your big big old panties right <laughs> absolutely okay cool um I really enjoyed this time together and I've enjoyed listening to your journey and filling in some blanks in, in my understanding of your journey as well. Um, so maybe just to close out um, for our listeners, where can they go to find some more of your information and do you have any exciting events that you would like to share um, so that you know we can get some feet through the door? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm available on um, Facebook and Instagram mm -hmm. and my website. Okay. Those are my most prominent communication formats. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to be launching a um, uh, my workshop material online in the near future. Okay. So the three <laughs> things that you can be on the lookout for is parenting for dummies. Back and, and that's why there's a baby crying in the background. Yes. <laughs> back to basics for parents who can laugh at themselves. Awesome. You must be able to laugh at yourself, else you might want to shoot me. <laughs> the second one is called Fighting Well. It's a communication and conflict workshop. Awesome. Very practical, telling you exactly mm. how to speak and how to listen, which sure. is probably one of the most important yeah, things. Absolutely. And then the third one is called The Elephant in the Room. It's for couples to help them talk about sex. The thing Ooh, you never talk about. <laughs> Very important part of a relationship, but it's uh, so often left unsaid. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I'm excited to bring this information to a wider community mm. and um, specifically awkward topics like the last one mm -hmm. um, to facilitate conversations in the privacy of your own home sure. where you might not be willing to come out and see somebody face to face. Mm -hmm. So, Yep. Mm. Those are sensitive topics. <laughs> I think it's good to do it in the comfort of <laughs> Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Tanya. It was it was such a joy having you on our first podcast. Yeah. Um, and I look forward to the next one. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you for listening to my interview with Tanya van der Water, a clinical psychologist operating out of a little piece of heaven, Helion Clip in Meijerden. Her key thought for aspiring and existing entrepreneurs is to remember that if it's not difficult, it's not worth it. So just because something is difficult does not mean you're doing it wrong. Just put on your big girl panties and get out there. So until our next interview with a fellow entrepreneur, where we understand how they have discovered their purpose, but more importantly, how they are living it out in the real world every day, this is Christine Tadok signing out. Bye.